<laughs> I love it, Joseph. Thanks so much, man, for opening up the show. No problem. Hopefully that was an easy one for you. I'm trying to remember. I can't place it, though. What is it? It's Hockey Night in Canada. Okay, that's what I thought that's it was. It. Okay, so I was trying to figure it out, but I was like, okay, perfect. It's fitting for the the warm temps that we got going on right now today. That's it. Minus it's 30. Insane, man. It's cold, but this Crazy. is... I've always said February is always nasty. Yeah. It's always nasty in Canada. So if anybody's visiting Canada, don't come February. No. Either come January, December, March, exactly. April. But welcome, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I know that you're minus one. Minus one today, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> minus one. We don't know exactly. I mean, people have lives, but you've got a partner in business. Um, he's my main guy, my okay. foreman. Okay. Um, Rocco. I think he's, he's a big DeWalt guy. We had a little debate. Uh, we had a little challenge on Thursday. And? Uh, I think he lost by four seconds. We had the... Gen- You're a Milwaukee guy. I'm a Milwaukee guy. Through and through. Through and through. Pack out. Everything. Everything. Even I got pack outs and I'm a Bosch guy. But yeah. he's a DeWalt guy. He's a DeWalt guy. T-Stack. Uh, uh, power. Uh, listen, I'm just going to say T-Stack sucks. They suck, yeah. <laughs> the same way Bosch's container system sucks yeah the t-stacks you know the, the dewalt guys say oh it's easy to bring into the into a job for not fishing. easier than packouts man pack i'm outs, sorry all kinds of handles it's, it's yeah amazing. yeah waterproof yeah leaving your truck they still rain. smell like that plastic for years afterwards that's e- it even if you spill coffee inside of them they'll still smell and that the red pack. looks cool it, uh, listen man uh, they they built something correctly and it lasts that's exactly. just the bottom line right waterproof so sealed I, that's my biggest thing is you know like being at a job you know, you have your truck open, it's driving to the job, let's say, and it's raining. You don't have to worry about the nailer getting rusted, the, the, the drills getting all damaged. It's, and they make it so easy. Like, they got the drawers, they got everything. We're getting ahead of ourselves. A couple of shout-outs, first of all. Uh, Chris, Dr. Granite, Marble and Granite. I'm wearing his tee today. Uh, thanks so much, man. And his show is actually going to be posted soon, so everyone will check it out and listen. That was a great conversation. He had a lot of tips that he did and didn't share. Because yeah. <laughs> he's running a business, but I'm talking to Joseph here, JD Design and Build. You're their owner, been in business for seven years. JD Building Group dot com, JD Building Group at Gmail dot com, and on Facebook you'll find him at JD Design and Build, and on Instagram you'll find him at JD Building Group. Um, so obviously, your foreman Rocco, why is he diehard Dewalt, and why are you diehard Milwaukee? Who so, who influenced both of you guys? So when he came when he came aboard. He was already straight, straight, uh, straight Dewalt, straight Dewalt. Had the the flex, had the flex volt, had the the cordless. He had everything coming in, so he was a big Dewalt guy. And me for Milwaukee, um, it probably brought me back to to where I started, which is uh, I'm a licensed electrician. There you go. So, you know, being an apprentice, watching my foremans, it was. Milwaukee or or you're not a good electrician pretty much, you know, it was like <laughs> not even a Makita. If you're a lot of guys are Makita. Yeah, a lot of Makita guys, but it was like a, it was a DeWalt. It was a, sorry, a Milwaukee thing. Yeah. You know, like Milwaukee, you know, the, back in the day before they were huge, IHL used to have like the, the blowout sales. Yep. Just go there and buy your tools and that's it. Even I own a, I own one Milwaukee tool, which is a stapler. 
Yeah, the stapler's nice. The stapler's amazing. It always works. I can't stand using a regular snap sna- a stapler because they're, su- they're useless, basically. Yeah. But their stapler's great. But, I mean, I had a hard time swallowing 400 bucks. But back in the day, I had a hard time swallowing 500 bucks for a fine multi-tool. Yeah, for sure. Oscillating tool, right? So, I mean, they're still the best ones on the market. I don't care what anybody says. So, it's just like you got to justify it. As long as that tool makes you money whatever color it is, as long as it's making you money because it's making your process a lot easier, then by all means, spend the money on it. Yeah, like I'll I'll give it to all the DeWalt guys out there. Like the battery does last longer. but They're heavier. They're heavier, but the power is all red. It's very powerful, but I mean, it's very, uh, maybe it's my age, but these batteries are getting heavy, man. The tool becomes heavy. And then the work, especially if you're drilling, doing whatever overhead, and all of a sudden, your shoulders start to kill. With an all. eight or a ten amp battery, it's it's crazy. It starts to like, okay, are they designing these tools for the young guys because they're invincible? Is that what it is? So they're thinking, but can we not forget about the older guys that have been doing it for decades? Yeah, I feel like so. I feel like they've they've just started introducing these big amp batteries. So give them five years, I bet you they'll be small, they'll be compact, they'll be light, they'll figure it out. But then, what is going to happen to all the big amp batteries, the bricks? Same same thing that happened with the eighteen <laughs> volt uh, Dewalts. <laughs> all right, so Joseph, so we're, how did how did you, okay you started as a licensed electrician? All of a sudden, how did you get into the construction side of the business? So I worked for I worked for I worked for a small electrical company, and then uh, I was working with a big company. I was working with Oz Electric. Okay, if you heard of them? They, why do they sound familiar? They they're they're massive. They do they do a lot of high rise. Okay. Uh, I when I got hired on, I was I I was I got involved in a lot of solar, so I did solar for a summer, and then. Did four years uh, in TTC. I built from Yorkdale to Vaughn. Wow. So got my got my license there. How is that environment working for, I guess, the public sector, right? You know, I, I liked it. I learned a lot. I was able to, like, um, build my, I guess, like, get my, get my fire alarm ticket, you know, get, you know, learn how to bend pipe, learn how to do rigid pipe, and then also learn, like, working with TTC, like, the safety. Okay. It's big safety. So it was, it was a good learning curve. Is there a lot of, um, I don't know that world that well, but I just, I, I experienced that world by um, all the lack of uh, congestion in our city. And, and is there a lot of production going on in that world? Or is there a lot of, listen, slow down and just get the job done for the day and then move on to the next day? I would say it's a little bit of both. So when I, so when I was working at TTC, what they would do is, let's say over, let's say over, over a year, Half that year is, or let's say more, let's say maybe three quarters of that year is, you know, regular job. And then the other quarter is kind of push, push, push. And the other quarter is kind of like, take your time and let's, let's, let's make some money. So why can't we, okay, but you don't run your business like that. I don't. You can't. I'm in it for, you got like, I'm in it for my clients, right? Yeah. And my clients are, you know, they have their, like, they trust me when I do the rental, like, they know that, you know, like they need that trust. They need like, hey, Joe, like Joe's not going to keep his guys and they're not going to just sit down there and. But you have their best interests at heart. I have their best interests. But I mean, why can't we have the public sector do the exact same thing? It's just I feel that there's more wasting of funds of actually, you know, using funds properly to create what we need to create. I get it. But again, like we only have maybe, let's say, seven guys on site at most at a time. Okay. We had a. You know, at some point we had 150, 200 guys there. So is every one of them working? 
Like there's the, that joke. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of guys that are just like you know. There's the old retired guy that's about to retire. He's yeah. just he's just in it for the you know just to get the hours and go right. Yeah. Then you got the safety guys. They're working, but they're not physically working. So there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts there. You know, there's foremen's, project managers, safety guys. Union guys. I'm not trying to harp on them. I'm just trying to. I look at the infrastructure specifically in Toronto. I think there's a lot of wasted opportunity, wasted money, of course, wasted, uh, just all kinds of waste. And I just keep on looking at it like we're most of us that are listening on the show is like there is a lot of guys on the commercial side, but there are a lot of trades that are on the custom side, resi. And for sure, we can't run the businesses that way. If we ran it that way, we wouldn't have a business. But to be honest with you, so I worked with uh, so I worked Oz Electric and okay. I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but uh, they're a union company, but they're not really a union company. Like, What's you know, that mean? they're all union, but like the guys that work there, they want to work. They want to keep their job because they like the company, and they want to, you know, if, if you don't work Friday, like let's say you, you know, you're dogging it for a bit, that letter's coming, like that slip's coming to you any any Friday. That's the question for you, Joe, that I got. Okay, so when you were there on TTC, and by the way, I've got a good friend who actually works for TTC, and he loves it, and he loves it because he doesn't work. Yeah, that's... Uh, right? So I'm like, okay, great. So he's making good six figures. But he's working for TTC. I know. And and he does TTC maintenance, so he's always in the the you know the tunnels and everything yeah, like that. He's, sure. he's working all that kind of stuff. But he's literally going in for four hours, and he's getting paid for whatever amount of hours. And he's literally you know, fucking the dog. He's not doing shit. That's why he loves the job. He's yeah. like, it's such security, such everything. And I'm like, it's great to find these. Basically, everybody in politics is very similar to that. Exactly. Right? You find that job and you're making pure cake and you really are not lifting anything. But the vibe of that versus the vibe that you've created with JD Design, it's different, right? Totally different. So, but it's different for what reason? Like, because you have the end user in your sites, right? Of course. Like, I... I, like I, I see the end user, right? There, I guess with TTC, there's so many, so many people. There's so much, you know. They think there's so much money to be made. Is I, it just abuse of power? Maybe I think I think they know that they're they know they have a budget. They have to spend that budget, or else the next job is going to be. There is that cliche that you've heard over time and not time and time. Like every single year you get funds being allocated and all of a sudden you've got this number. You have to actually get enough bodies on the site to, to show it. the payroll and spend it. Sure. Otherwise, that number will not repeat the following year and so on and so on. You always want to just push that goal line a little bit so then that budget keeps on growing. Yeah. But like, is it possible to take the mindset of what you're doing now and put it into that mindset? Or you, there's too many people that are against that. Like, like, so you're saying, like, use that TTC mentality to, to run my, my business? No, the other way around. Oh. Run okay. your business and then teach that to the TTC. But I get it. The problem is that there's probably far more people. There's too many people involved. That want to keep it as is. Exactly. And here's, here's the thing. When you, work, when, you get, when you work these guys harder, then people start getting hurt. People start... Use it. They start know, using. Th these they start are, using that. These that are thing. these are experienced tradespeople, right? Crazy. So that's the funny thing, and and I, I'm always in awe, and I've said this thousands of times on the show. I'm in awe of a skilled tradesperson. What they can do is amazing. Like I, I know a little bit about everything, and I could handle myself, but I am nowhere near the level of what a skilled tradesperson for that trade is like. Yeah. They sure. come in, and it's no different than a artist that can do certain things whether it's painting or music or whatever it is right 
they are at a certain level. Like those skills trace people are, and, and I feel they're just missing opportunity. Like why not? And then I guess they look at it like, well, I'd rather just work, punch the clock, yeah. come in, pretend to work for four hours, get paid for eight, and then go home and repeat that five times a week. If there's overtime on the weekend, then great, right? Yeah, for sure. I'm not trying to dog on that. I just look at like the TTC system itself is so archaic that it just there's so much money being wasted that it should have been it should be properly used. It should be properly. I I totally agree. See me, I I kind of got that. I got a little bit of it. I didn't get the full experience because again, I worked with with that electrical company. And again, if you didn't work, if you didn't put your hours, if you were calling in sick every day, one Friday, you know that you're gonna get that layoff. How is okay? So you loved it working I, with Oz, right? I liked it. I had I had good foremans. Um, what made them good foremans? You know, just they teach you. You know, like you're not always like uh, a lot of other companies, like like a resi guy. You go there, you you you, you pull wire all day. Or you, or you box all day. My foremans were kind of a little bit different. It was like, hey, one month you're going to work on pipe and then we're going to refresh you and, you know, you go do fire alarm or go pull wire. So you're not, you're not really, you're, you're kind of switching it up. Which is good. Which is good. It's, it's actually very, very good. Because a lot right? of electricians these days, they call themselves a licensed electrician, but all they've done is pot lights. But they don't know how to put in a three-way switch. Or a four-way switch. I hope you're joking, man. Right? I've seen it before. And then they're actually legitimate licensed electricians? Yeah, I've seen it before where they're like, yeah, I, like, I know the black is common, and uh, I, I put the black on the common. And I look at him, I say, well, there's, there's two blacks, right? <laughs> what do you... So how come it's, there's it's such more, a... It's more to, there's more to it. How come there's such a disconnect? Why don't they... They just don't want to learn? It's no different than the days of Oz where you the foremans were giving you opportunity? Well, maybe like, like a lot of companies, they don't give you that opportunity anymore. Why? Because the way, like a lot of bosses, and, and I get it, I I sometimes do it, but it's like, if you have that one guy that's good at that one thing, you're going to keep him doing that one thing, makes you more money. I've never been that way, and that's why I've got But it doesn't build your, it doesn't build your company. Yeah, that's the problem, is that if you see someone that's hungry, and they're interested, and they're constantly asking you questions, answer, yeah, feed it. Give him, give yeah. him opportunity. I've always said, I, I remember early in the days when I was starting out, I had opportunities to start using Schluter and I was always just using Schluter. I've only ever used Schluter. But then I would have kids on the site and I was like, you ever use Schluter? And they're like, no, we never touched it. Like in yeah. school, we would use scratch code or we would just use cement board. I'm like, well, here you go. Yeah. Here's an opportunity now. You got any questions? Ask me. I'm sure you've seen the videos. I've seen you've seen the instruction. And yep. back in the day, Schluter used to give you a DVD with every single kit that you used to buy. And I yeah, look at sure. it, I was going, it's kind of, you gotta get rid of these DVDs, man. Like yeah. the, the, the the technology's passing now. And then all of a sudden I give the kids the opportunity. I was going here and now you try it out and then they like it. So it's like I, I embrace that stuff. Of New course. tech, right? So it's fine it's good to find bosses that will do the exact same thing. Of course. Yeah, so it's um yeah, like it, it depends who you work with too. Like I've worked with a I've worked at another electrical company. Uh it was short lived where all I did was uh suck out water from a manhole and go down into a manhole and I was the middle guy like there was a guy pulling a guy feeding and I'm in the middle just that's it that was your job eight hours a day 13 14 hours a day just going in going in different manholes and pulling wire for six years I couldn't do it anymore that's numb man driving from from my house to the shop 
leaving at four o'clock in the morning from the shop in Milton, driving to Curtis, Oshawa, just to do that. And so you were known just as the guy that would pull the wire in between the two other guys that were pulling wire, and then you guys were just feeding wire. That's all it was. Pretty much. We had like 50 guys on site, and the boss, like the foreman said, okay, well, you know, he had his favorite guys, so his favorite guys would be doing all the connections and all that stuff and learning. And then everybody else, just the grunts, just pulling wire, doing this, and that's all you do. But you did it for six years? Six months. Six months. I couldn't do it. Even six months, man. I I went to the I went to the I went to the 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 office, the trailer. I said, "Give me these papers. I gotta I gotta get out of here." <laughs> I swear. I, I said, "Like, get me out of here." Were they surprised when you were asking? Not really, because Not really. you're being replaced within I, uh, the hour. Yeah, you're like you're replaced the next day. There's a, there's a, That's kind of sad that you're being replaced that quickly. Yeah, and then literally from there, I had a friend that worked at Oz. This is how it started, and then my my buddy said, "Okay, we'll get you in. Uh, you want to do solar." Well, never done solar before. It's this was maybe six, eight years ago. So solar was just coming out. So yeah, might as well try it. So let me ask you about solar. Is it worth it? Because I've heard my so it's kind of like geothermal in my thought process. So I don't think house. I don't think it's worth it to go put solar on your two thousand square foot house. Uh, we were doing more like uh, so we would do like forty thousand square foot warehouses. That makes sense. So what it, like what would happen is they would just get the roof done, fresh roof, and then we'd put like five to ten thousand panels on the roof, and then we bring it down to we bring it down, and then they would they would I guess f- produce their own energy, and then whatever energy they had left, feed it back to the city. Yeah, they allowed that. They allowed that, and they st- I think they still do. They it. still do it, but, th- but there's there's slight bullshit complications when it comes to you wanting to do it on your resi house. Like the, the the grid and the system, the way it all works is like they, there's there's all these little. I've, I've never done a resi. I know. I've, I just heard stories about people who have done them, and I'm like, well, that just doesn't make any sense. You guys are putting a lot of upfront costs to do this. You're thinking you're saving the planet and you're saving money, but technically you're not. And then by the time the panels start producing, I guess return for you. Yeah. They start deteriorating. And then, and then you have to replace it. replace it. And then, then you start the whole process all over again. So I started thinking, well, solar doesn't seem like it's the answer. It's good if you're, like I said, it's good if you have a 40,000 square foot warehouse, like the Amazon buildings there. Yeah. And they just fill it. So how I many think. years did you do that for? I did that for about a year. Okay. And then after that, uh, I went to TTC. What did it, you learn other than outside? I mean, because I'm, I'm getting that you're pulling a bunch of lessons from all these places that you worked yeah. at. And you're putting it towards your business that you were eventually going to start, right? Yeah, so it all started with... So I, I always did little side jobs. Like somebody would call me and say, uh, Joe, I need my basement done. I need a bathroom done. So I, I used to always... Or even like pot lights. So I always did it. And then um, TTC got slow back in 2015. You know, the build... Like the... It was all done pretty much. So okay. they were starting to do layoffs. So I didn't get laid off. I got sent to a... I got sent to a high rise. For TTC? No, it was for Oz. Oh, for Oz, yeah. So they said, okay, we're not, TTC stopped paying. So this is another thing. So you work, everything's good, and then TTC stops paying the contractor. Okay, this is common. Common. So at that, so when, so when you hear like TTC stop paying, you know that on that Friday, 30 people are getting laid off. Without, like, what kind of a notice? A no week's? notice. No notice. Like, so Friday, Friday at, a, like, Friday we work till three o'clock. Friday at 11, the foreman goes around and gives you your last paycheck, pretty much. 
So uh, you as a tradesperson, skilled, licensed, how do you feel? Yeah, it's it, it, it's a shit. It's shit, right? So you come home to your family. You tell them, oh, by the way, I got laid off. And I got laid off. But if you're, like I said, if you're a good electrician, uh, tomorrow you call another company and you're in. You're another job site. Because you call them up and you just tell them your credentials and that's it. Then they'll take you on. Or you know somebody like. That's so how it works. That's how it works. But I mean, it's not really fair to put you, the skilled tradesperson, in that position. Why not give you a little bit of a heads up so then all of a sudden you can do that contract, move on to another contract? Yeah, like, but they don't care. They want you to work because they want you to work and be productive until that Friday at 11 a.m. I know, but I get the sense that all of a sudden. They don't want to say like, hey, uh, just to let you know in two weeks you're going to get laid off. Then nothing happens in those two weeks. But that's not fair to you. Yeah, I know. So I, I, I didn't get laid off. What happened was I got sent to a high rise. Um, no disrespect to all the high rise guys out there, but um, the being the new guy on site, I was doing core line and with my pliers, just twisting wire. That's the job. And I just got my license. So we're running core lines. Like so you're 9,000 hours. You're through the whole thing. You've three, proven yourself. Three times of school. All kinds of shit. Idiot, and then you're twisting wires. No, not even wires. Uh, tie wire. Like, so we, we run the core line. Yeah. And then you have to tie the core line before they pour the concrete. Tie it around the rebar. But that, isn't that like low man on the totem pole kind of? Yeah, but again, you're in the union. There's so many people. So you, and you have to have that ratio. So here I am. I was there, did it for a week, and I told the foreman. And then, again, I went to the foreman and said, like, it's not for me. Like, I I knew that I had so much more um, ability to do things. So I didn't I, I didn't settle. I never settled. So when I so when I did that, I knew I had a couple jobs going. And I said, you know what? Give me the layoff. Got my license. That's what I needed you for. You know, again, they're using you. Yeah. So I you did it back. Them. I used yeah. them. Lay me off. I got laid off. And then I went, uh, I opened up, you know, I, I like, that's when I started, incor I incorporated, went to go see an accountant, did the whole incorporation, and then just started. Did you keep your union status? Have you kept it? For a year. Okay, just for a year. So now, and then, because then they wanted you to pay, like, they wanted to pay, like, so after you leave the union, and you don't have any working hours left, they make you, they make you pay for your benefits. So... The so benefits that they've been subtracting and collecting, they for, still want you to pay for, for it. For all those years. Yeah. When, you, when you're not working, you have to pay $300 a month. It's a lot of money. A lot of money. So, and then, so I kept like, like, so I still have all my like, you know, like the RSPs and the pension fund and all that stuff. I kept it there. Um, with the IBW, the electrical union, you don't have to, you don't have to be a, you don't have to pay a monthly fee. They it's just take there it. and it just stays there. Exactly. And they and it and it grows what I don't know what they do. I'm not a really big union guy. Yeah. Uh I think it's all like, you know, again again it's it's people it's, making money for nothing. It's abuse of power is what it's gotten. In the beginning unions were a good idea. Then they just became abusive like anything that's human. Uh of course. it just becomes abusive, right? So it's now now you've just got your number your number. body, you come in, do the job, and move on. And there's so much cream on the top that they keep skimming it, and they're asking you guys to do the bare bone minimum to exactly. get paid the bare bone minimum, and then they're making pure cake on the top because we don't know what they. They did pay us pretty well. Like we had yeah. a really good, like, uh, bargaining agreement. We were getting paid well, but like, 
when you're laid off, you're not getting paid. But Joe, look at look at it this way. Okay, so you're running a business, and we've always said this, right? Like you've got a guy, you hire this person to do its scope. They're charging you X amount. You're turning around and charging the client X amount, mm -hmm. which is profit attached to it. Same thing with the union. You're coming in with pretty good money, so you're making whatever it is. Yep. Let's just say for argument's sake, 50 bucks an hour. They're billing their client or their association that's attached to this probably 150, if not more. If not more. So they're making all that money for people to be bean counters at the office and just pushing these contracts. I get it. There's value in the pencil, right? Yep. So it's all of a sudden they're the ones that got the contracts. They're the ones that got the job. So all of a sudden you're you're just a number, and I'm giving you X amount of money. It's good money, but and here's the sad thing this can't change no like the union is such a, a vicious machine now that it will never be able to change and if you try to change it you'll just be pushed out isn't that the fact i think so right? i think i think like if you go there like we had this like when i was in the union too like we had guys that would um and it, it's it's such a it's such a stupid mentality like so i have a backpack of tools i have the client backpack right and uh, every, this is really rare on other sites, but on TTC, this happens a lot. The union steward comes. Okay. Open your bag. Okay. Right? First year, second year, third year, fourth year. Have that, you're only allowed a certain amount of tools. So me and you are licensed electricians. I have two channel locks. You have one. And you're only allowed one pair of channel locks. I get sent home. Because we have to be equal. <laughs> You know, you can't bring you can't bring your drill to the job site. Are you kidding me, man? It, so you, it, it's all about like being equal. Like as an apprentice, you're not allowed a voltmeter. How do you learn to read that voltmeter? What's their thought process behind that? It's again like two two licensed electricians. They have to have the equal um, opportunity to get it done. And like, let's say you do, let's say you're only allowed one channel lock and you need two because you got to tighten something. The company has to give you the second one. You have to go to the trailer or go to the, sh the go to the sea can. Wow. I just found another reason why I dislike unions. So I was, I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm done. I had all my tools like already. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try it. But you as know? a contractor, Joe, wouldn't it like your thought process is like, wouldn't it make more sense to have more union members have two channel locks? So then they could educate another union member and then they can get two channel locks. Exactly. And all of a sudden now you become more productive. I guess the idea is that they want to be anti-productive. Anti-productive or like, why should we buy the, the tools if the company should be buying the tools? Crazy. Like, but like, you as a contractor starting your own business, this is not the mindset that you had. No. When I, so when I started, so when I started my business, uh, I actually, so I was by myself and then I, st one of my good friends, Sal, Still, still good friends. He's in my wedding party, everything. Um, he started up with me, and uh, he had he had his own tools, so I'd pay him accordingly. Yeah. And then another guy that came, you know, didn't have tools, had to use ours. I pay him accordingly. That's how I think it should. Like your tools are part of your hourly wage. I think. Oh, I agree. Totally. So if you have a guy, you, this is what you bring into the table. Like like Rocco. Yeah. Rocco, he gets he gets paid. Is there a discount because he's got Walt? <laughs> <laughs> i'm just jabbing i'll jab at every tool That's brand it. man i'm sorry but no he's uh you know he's i i i'm gonna i'm gonna give it to him he's got every tool he's got every yellow tool out there almost every yellow tool does he have the new stapler 
the the Romex one. Yeah. He bought it. He bought it first right, right away. <laughs> I haven't bought it yet. The Milwaukee one. Okay. Is it out? Uh, I'm doing a shout out here for the boys at Ramcon Construction out of London, Ontario. Vote West Lorne Arena to win an NHL game and 250k in arena upgrades. Voting opens March 31st at 9 a.m. and closes at April 1st at 5 p.m. Voting is unlimited during the entire 32-hour voting period. Everyone, please go there and vote. Voting is open across Canada. Tell your friends, neighbors, families across the country to vote for West Lauren. Thanks, Ramcom. Talk to you soon. It's out. Uh, it's 12 volt. Okay. So, like, here I am. Lighter. Lighter. Tighter. Okay, spots. I, I'm a Milwaukee 18 volt guy. I don't own 12 volt. The stapler. The stapler's a 12. I don't have it. You don't have it? I have this. I have the. I have the stapler, like the finish stapler, crown stapler. Yeah, I don't like their. I don't like their uh, their staplers. The, I like it. The finishing side. You don't like it. It's funny is that I'm I'm, I, I, I'll get flack. I'm a Grex guy. I am a pneumatic yeah. and Grex, and I like it. Oh, you like I, the pneumatic tool? Yeah, I, I, I'll always choose pneumatic. Listen, man, I'm doing copper right now. I like yeah. I always choose copper over PEX. Like it's just yeah, like I sure. don't. I, and, and basically, my theory behind that is volume. Water is about volume, and when you're getting clients, I don't care what you do. If you start designing a, a master shower, I'll kick you in the ass if you're running half inch pecs to a master shower like that's not volume you need minimum volume right yeah, so sure. and it's a fact I've, I've gone through this before where uh th- a half inch copper has more volume than a three-quarter pecs now what about your solder joints what about them the elbows and shit that the elbows and shit it doesn't let's matter say, let's say it 20 years down the line oh you mean if they break or whatever you know same thing could happen with pecs. With the pecs, yeah. Right? Fitting a, little more, a little more tighter. I know it's different. I, I, I mean, uh, what is it? Uh, Viera, whatever. Like you got the the O-ring compressions. Yeah, or the Wurzball. Yeah, and, and those are, and I, I recently saw gas because Stott was doing some work and all of a sudden I was like pretty impressed. But then he told me, okay, yeah, one fitting of gas pressed um, uh, for, I think it was an inch and a quarter pipe, was 50 bucks for one I know, fitting. It's expensive. Right, but I, I get it. He doesn't have to thread oil, set up a, a whole thing, and then find a way to uh, anchor and thread wrench in a tight spot. Get for, a union. Yeah, all, all that, that crap, yeah. right? I get it, but it's 50 bucks. So it's a yeah. matter of how much labor do you want to spend and how much you want to spend on material. Of course. So there's a balancing act, right? But I mean, when it comes to old school, like copper has been around for how long now? And it works. Yeah, it it works. totally. I, I, I want volume. Like, I, I still refuse to accept or endorse um, tankless water systems. I hate tankless water systems. Like, I will, I will, there isn't one, and it's been on the market probably for about 20, 25 years now, and every single one, every company that I've ever spoken to, I just ask them one question. How do you deal with the cold spurts? And they have not solved that. And that's just a fact. When you have such volume and demand coming from a household and you got two or three people using that tankless system, there's going to be so much demand for hot water that you, the, the machine's going to say, fuck it, I can't give you all this hot water yeah. for these three separate applications. So I'm going to shoot you just a little bit of cold water until I revamp again. And then you're in the shower exp- and then all of a sudden you just get hit yeah. by this cold. If you take your cold showers in the morning like I do, that's fine. But if you're taking a hot shower in the evening like I do and you get a cold spurt, you're upset. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's like I, I don't like it. So then the solution for that is to set up a, a reserve tank. So the solution is that you set up a hot water tankless system. So keep the tank in the beginning. Yeah. So and remember I, the tankless system, you got to run bigger venting, bigger intake, 
and it's got to be on an outside wall. Yes. So now you're, now you're limited. You're limited on position of it, right? Exactly. And I even like I, I I had a conversation about the tank system. Do you want to change it to a power vented? I'm like, nope. Nope. Because power the the actual mortars on power vented they fail. Yeah. There's another, nothing another thing to go wrong. There's nothing wrong with gravity hot water vented systems like that. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll, sure. There's sediment at the bottom, but there's sediment at the bottom when it comes to power vented. Anything. I don't give a shit, but that sediment, it's all designed that it, that algae gets killed and all. There's nothing wrong with it. And you'll never run out of hot water. This is my argument. You get a 50 gallon tank. You got a family of four. You will never run out of hot water and there's never a cold spurt. So Maybe. All, yeah, I know. You the, know the, you, there's the odd time, but it's never like, it's not happening all the time. No. You know, no. it's not, I think it's a big waste. I think, but like everyone it, kept on a, pushing that the tankless systems and all this other. Because I think what happened was these these hot water tanks weren't they weren't breaking. So here here they are like Reliance and all Atlas Care. Yeah, they had to they had to come up, you know they some they had to have they had to come up with a way to they had make to come the, up with some money to break it. You know like you know when Reliance calls you and they say like you want a hot water tank you want to upgrade your hot water tank to tankless they just need they need some work they got to keep their guy their, their guys busy. Well, this is but okay. I've always argued this man It's like I remember being as a kid. You probably are in the same situation too. My parents had green laundry appliances. Yeah. Like green, like olive green. Yeah. Never broke down. They got swapped out for a new one just because they wanted to update everything. Like you that that top loaded door on the washer was yeah. so loud, it was almost like a garage door, right? But that machine, you can dump a family of seven, all their laundry in there, wash it, and that machine was indestructible. Oh, yeah. It wasn't until you started bringing all these new machines in with all these components and computers and all this other crap, it started breaking down. Oh, for sure. And then you started looking back at I mean, it was a green, I remember it was a green stove. It oh, was yeah. a green laundry washer dryer matching. I got a funny story for you after. Go, go, shoot. But I okay. mean, these things yeah, lasted. Last. And the, 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 I think today they're designing and no different than construction. And I probably even point the finger back at Union and TTC. They do work designed to fail. So then there'd be more work down the pipe. Come repair it. For sure. That's not the way you run in your business, is it? Yeah, I know. You can't because you won't be in business. Yeah, you'll be, you know, it's... What's the funny story? When, when things break down, like when something fails and... You know, like that, like your customer now, like, like with me, I'm, I'm, come I'm save all, me, come I'm, save I'm all me. word of mouth. Right. Yeah. So here, the way I think of it is, let's say something fails. He's going to tell his friend and say, you know, he did a good job, but this happened. Yeah. They, a lot people talk. It's, it's, you know, that's just part of life. And that's what, so you have to make sure your, 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 your quality can last and can, and then people think of it. Like, you're like, you yeah, know, I had a shower and nothing's happened for 10 years. Call Joe. That's what that's uh, like. That's how I think. That's but how that's I, the relationship that you're building. That's how I clients. run a business. Yeah, I want to know the story. What's the story? So that story. So, my first job was was for me. The first like renovation job. I, it usually I, is. I did under my myself was uh, I bought a house, uh, with all this union money that I I was working. I had no life. I worked set, like five. It was a six six years. Took uh, took every overtime possible. Did it. Bought a house. And I made it a legal rental. So this is like when they first came out. That's a bungalow, rented, did upstairs, did downstairs, everything. So got the installing the kitchen, getting it all done, and uh, I got to go buy appliances. So my dad goes, no, 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 have uh, a hood fan, <laughs> an oven, and a fridge. Why don't you go pick it up? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll go. Like, you know, I'll go see my, my, my grandparents, right? So... So my my grand my grandparents like yeah let me show you the stove and the fridge so I, I go there 
and it's I don't know. We painted it, but it, I think it was like <laughs> I think it was blue. I think it was a it was the hood fan was blue. Okay. The stove was blue, and the fridge was blue. It was like a tiny slim hood fan, right? Yeah, it was like <laughs> but like, like solid steel. Yeah, it okay? was, like, yeah. Like you could throw it on the floor and it looks brand new. Yeah. So I'm like, what am I? Like, I can't. What am I doing here? Like, I got to take it and throw it out. They'll be offended if you don't They'll take it. They'll be offended it. if they don't take it, yeah. right? So I'm like, Shh. so I take it. And then my dad's like, yeah, like, what's wrong with it? It's perfect. Like, I'm like, no. It's, this, so As I, you get older, you get colorblind. So I leave it in the garage. <laughs> I leave it in the garage. And I, you know, I'm trying to look for stoves to dry. I go to the, I go do some finishing at the house, open the garage. It smells like paint. Didn't my dad spray paint all the appliances white? It's like, there we go. It's done. They're in my rental house still, seven years. Seriously, nothing broken. That's what I mean, man. Crazy. But and then it, the old, the old washer. I think, it's, I think even in my basement, the washer and dryer are like the old Gen, uh, General Electric ones. I know. I know exactly what you you're know what talking, I'm talking about. about. I, I totally know that. I, I miss these units. It man. goes hot. Like, like literally, the only features is like hot, warm. Yep. And like. Firm. Yeah. I think there was yeah. like a burn your house down kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I know. I, but they worked. They lasted so long. They and work. that's the unfortunate thing is because I'm shopping right now and I'm looking at prices and in the back of my head, I'm looking at numbers and I'm thinking, how many years before this is replaced? And then I have to buy another one, which is not what we should be doing. Like yeah. we should be buying these appliances to last so long, but they're not designing that way, right? Like even uh, the job. So we're finishing up a job right now doing a finishing. So we install, we're installing the kitchen. The kitchen's installed. So we're now we're doing the hooking up all the appliances, hook up the fridge, start it up, everything's good. Come back the next morning, it's a brand new Electrolux. It's a nice fridge, Electrolux fridge. Come back the next morning, it's frozen. So I guess the water lines froze, and we had it at the lowest setting. Okay. So we're like, so we call Tasco. Tasco sends out their tech. The tech comes, resets the program. It's all fixed. Comes back. Sorry, he, he leaves. Problem if, comes back. Problem comes back. It's frozen. So then my client calls Tasco and says, like, tech came out, couldn't fix it. It's okay. We'll just send you a new one. It goes to show, like. A whole new unit. Yeah, like, so now we have to. So now what, what's going to happen is he's going to. Delivery company's got to come back again, bring the new unit, take the old unit. But it's a percentage thing. So that company or Tasco is looking at, like. 5% of these units are going to fail. 5% we're going to replace them. 95% people are just going to accept And them. it's marked up in their price. You know, like when they're selling a unit, everybody's paying for that, but that do lemon. You, do you run your business that way? I don't. You can't because if you all of a sudden do that, then your three-piece bath you're selling to a client would cost triple the amount that of course. it's really going to cost. So my first job was was Dominion. Met, Dominion, uh, Metro, I guess what it is Yeah, now. whatever it is, yeah. And... Uh, I remember grocery the, store for anybody that's grocery in store. Right here, yeah. So the uh, the orient the orientation, I remember this was I, this is the only thing I learned from from that that job. I uh, was you have to be be nice to your clients, you know. Always when you when you do something, even if you're like putting putting cereal on a shelf, make sure it looks good because what's going to happen is the client that's coming to look for that cereal, you know if. Or like, okay, let's say not. The, let's say the let's say the produce. Okay. Okay. Produce has to look nice. If the produce doesn't look nice, nobody buys it. I don't even want to check it. I don't want to feel it. I don't want to touch it. And then what happens when me and you are having a conversation, and you go, okay, well, Metro doesn't have the best produce. They go somewhere else. 
All right. And then that one person tells somebody else that somebody else tells somebody else that somebody else tells very somebody true. else. It's very true. At that point, hundred people are not going with you. It's very true. You know, so that's, that's how I look at it. I look at it. Like if I mess up one person's job, I'm probably going to lose 50 jobs, maybe more. Have you had the lovely fortunate situation of a bad client? I've had a few. Okay. I've had a few. You want to share how you handled it or um, I, don't, I don't want to get into too much. Yeah. Detail. Like, like I said, like you, you get the job done, you do as much as you can. And then there is a point where you're just like, you know, you try to, you try to do as best as you can to make them happy. But then there's some people that you'll never make happy. And at, at that point, you're just like, you know what? Take, take it, take it and go. It's all you can really do. But I find that any good tradesperson or business owner in construction will always try to take the high road and do the best and fulfill the job. You have to. And it's still, you just, you will come across a client that will just never be happy from you making that extra effort just to please them. And just, to they leave don't them. care. They don't care. And, and they, they will always have a negative towards you and that's it. But all you can do is just deliver exactly what you said you're going to deliver and then move on from and move there. on. That's you know, it. you can't, you they can't will talk shit about you and you can't do anything. Exactly. About it, and if you right? go so there, bless if, you, <laughs> if you go there and you, uh, and you dwell on it, all consumes that, you, all your energies there. Yeah. And you're not focusing on that client that needs you and yes. that wants you. Yes. So, so now, so now I'm at the stage of uh, my business now where, you know, like if you want me to come work for you, like I'm not hurting for your, I'm not hurting for the business. You're picking and choosing clients. I'm picking now. and choosing. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I'm lucky enough to have like a lot of friends. I do their renovations. They call, you know, they recommend me to their friends. So I'm good. I'm good with that. And, uh, I just, now I just put my best foot forward and have everything in writing too. Writing's a big thing. These it days. is. Um, and that's it. And, and just deliver high quality renovations. What's, what's your vetting process for clients? Like, what do you, how far do you go? I, I know that I've had Phil from heavy duty homes on the show and he's actually shared some nice tips where he was talking about, he has that conversation on the phone first to kind of feel them out. Yeah, for sure. And he, and he never gives them written pricing either electronically or in a hard copy to them to take away so that they can compare apples and oranges or whatever. He's always presenting everything at his office and then they look at it and then if they want to go with him, they hire him. If they don't want to go with him, they go home empty handed. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, I mean, he, he's big on that vetting side of the business for his business. So then he has as few headaches as possible during the whole job. Yeah, for sure. What do you uh, like? How do I, I'm assuming coming from the union, there wasn't much, I guess you guys learned a lot of life lessons regarding characters and personalities and how people actually operate. Yeah, for sure. But it's kind of different when you're going into someone's home and now you're dealing with homeowners and their family dynamic, right? Yeah, because they want to, you know, they they don't want you to come in and make a mess and like they, you want to have a clean a clean job site all the time. Uh, but the way the way I vet my client, like uh, my clients, is you know I I have that conversation. I go to the house, take a look at what they want to do. And, uh, you know, from there, from, from that first initial visit that you go there and talk about the job, you know, you kind of know what they're you all about. You get a sense of it. You get a sense of it. Yeah. I've, you know? I've turned work down just from seeing their dynamic. I yeah. Just or, or like, so like, I don't, I'm the type of guy, I don't like turn work down because then what happens is then you become like that guy that people tell, again, people talk, right? Yeah. He's unresponsive. He doesn't answer me. So I'll, I always give a price, but. If, if, if I don't your, want, if I don't time. want to, if I don't want to do your job, it's probably $20,000 more. 
Okay, so you're giving them a specific price because you know that there might be a headache attached to this. Maybe right? If I don't want the job, right? Yeah. But but I've been lucky enough for the past couple of years. It's like my buddy calls me and says, "Hey, Joe, um, my friend is is looking for. He's a solid guy. He knows what he wants. He's got he's got everything in line. You know, like take care of him." I go there, get it done. I know a that of, a lot of my clients the past couple of years, like my my elementary school teachers. Nice. They've kid like they've reached out to me, high school teachers. Like people from the past, like coming back and and I wasn't the greatest student, right? Like I was a shit disturber. So how do they still know that you're doing this or you you are doing this? I keep in like I, like I keep in touch with with a lot of people from my past. Like okay. So one of my one of my beginning my day one workers, Joe, we used to call him Slippers. He uh, why Slippers? Because it was a it was a fi- we were working in a finished house. So I told him I said, uh, Joe, make sure you bring your like indoor shoes and this guy brought his mom's tapinis <laughs> and then funny story his mom was my was my french teacher in elementary That's school hilarious man so he was my day one guy too he's my he's probably one of the fr- second employees that i had <laughs> and we're still but be- we're still we're still we're still best buds right does he still do that uh so now he's in the sales side okay so he so he's still like you know he's you know he grew he, he learned what what he did and now he's now he's selling wire nice yeah <laughs> so whenever i need wire now i know who to call right just oh, building networks. That's that's incredibly important. I, I want to get into a little bit back into the rivalry between yourself and Rocco with the Dewalt and the Milwaukee thing. Yeah. Right, is there a Dewalt too that you can admit is better than Milwaukee and vice versa? Yeah, 100%. Which is? So Dewalt, um, 20 volt nailer, the framing nail gun. Battery. Battery. Is better than Milwaukee? I would say 90% of our tools are all, are all cordless now. Okay. Uh, we're slowly transitioning. So you're talking, oh, sorry, which nailer? You're talking, the framing nailer. The, so three, the, the so three and a quarter, nailer. three and a quarter three framing a quarter. nailer is better than the DeWalt one. No, the, no the, sorry, the DeWalt one's better than the Milwaukee one? Ten, ten times better. The DeWalt one, the first generation was heavy as hell yep. and wouldn't shoot as fast as you could shoot. I'm assuming they've... They've, they've ramped it up now. Okay. And it's, so it's a little bit lighter and it's uh it's a nice, it's... It, it, it always fires. So the problem I'm having, and I, and I guess a lot of these Milwaukee guys out there are going to, you know, join in. My Milwaukee gun doesn't fire. Sometimes I got to reload the, the magazine. I got to... It doesn't advance if it? I, if I don't put it like... If I if I don't go straight up, if I, you know, like, you know when you're in a tight corner and you're, yeah. you want to shoot that... Yeah. You want to shoot that stud into the top plate. Sometimes it like... You got to have it perfectly touched or else it doesn't fire. Really? Like, huh? So I like, I don't know. It was a... Uh, I bought it. It was. I still like it because it's re- it's red and black. It's good. It's got a lot of power. It is more powerful than the Dewalt one. But are you you're on a job site, you and Rocco, and you both guns are there, and you have to frame something. You're still grabbing your red versus grabbing his yellow. Whatever's whatever's <laughs> or whatever's close whatever's <laughs> close by. What's the tool that he says Milwaukee's better than Dewalt's? I think I think I'm gonna go with. Uh, with the tr- with our uh, miter saw, I like the Milwaukee miter saw. It's nice and light. Really? Yeah, I like the. So Rocco has the Dewalt one. I get it. A it's, lot of a lot of guys it's live the tw- by it's the, yeah. It's the twelve inch. Yeah. So it's much better. Cordless as well. It's cordless. His well, so the Dewalt one too. Another thing. So I'm I'm a Milwaukee guy, but like, you know, the Dewalt one is. I wish Milwaukee does this. So if Milwaukee's hearing this, we want a battery, a dual voltage battery. And plug-in. That's the only thing I like about DeWalt's, and they're the only one on the market that has dual I th- power. I think. 
right? And I personally hate all kinds of battery miter or table. I'm not a fan. We'll never get one. No? I had I had one. Why not? I had because it doesn't operate the same as a corded tool. So you gotta make sure your battery's your battery's full. I, it doesn't, it still doesn't, and it will never be the exact same thing. And my thought process is that I'm not that trade that needs to show up on a job site where there's no power whatsoever yeah. and I can pull out a battery. And the thing is that if you're cutting all day long, you're going to not only have to pull out a battery, you're going to have to have full charges. So you have to buy a whack of batteries. And what's the most expensive component of any tool? It's battery. Exactly. Hey, you, when you cut, you want to, you want to turn on the saw and the lights dim a little bit, eh? <laughs> Yes. So That's then it. I know I'm drawing those 15 amps, right? To cut that wood. Totally. Yeah, for sure. But I, I mean, you. it just, it does, I, I'm not, I'm not that guy. So it's just, and I just, I, I don't think Milwaukee is known best for a miter saw. I don't think that's their arsenal. I, I like it because it's compact. It's light. You know, I, I put the, again, pack out. I have the pack out feet. I build my own stand. Oh, really? Flip it on. See, I'm a huge fan of Bosch's gravity stand. Right, their T eight or whatever. So it I is. got I got rid of stands. So what are you parking? You built so your own. I stands. build my own stand with the pack out or with the pack out. Sometimes. So yeah. what are you like? Are you putting the pack out as as the base? Yeah, as the base. Look Lift at it up, that, huh? Try, so I'll do that. How do you how do you mobile that? How do you move it around? Well, usually when you're using a miter saw, it's it's in one spot. But you got to get it from shop. Oh, but you just vehicle you, you site. Like so, the pack outs you unclick them. Oh, so you remove all the pack outs. Yeah, but when I, like, let's say we're doing a big trim job. Yeah. Uh, I don't use stands no more. I use, so what I did is, uh, it was actually, I was on, it was, I was on CP24. You know the Bora stands? Yeah. The, the centipede stands? Yeah, 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 yeah. The flexible, whatever. 100% better than any stand possible. So you're using that so and you're put, putting your saw on top so of that. So we have a four by four uh, centipede. Okay. Right? So compact, fold it up, slide it in my truck and, uh. Yeah, and then when, when we're working, put it down, put a sheet of plywood 4x4 four four on. Clipping it on or screwing it on? It comes with clips. Clips, yeah. It comes with these, like, hooks. And then drop the saw on it? Drop the saw on it, and then all we got to do is a couple 2x4s, build the stand, so hold the, hold the trim straight. That's pretty good. I like that. You and know, then you got to pack it, out underneath. And no, and, and then, and then so the pack outs are usually when we're at a, you know, if we're doing a small job, we just got to set up the, the saw. We just stack up a couple pack outs till you get the perfect height. Yeah. Like Rocco, so Rocco's, like, He's seven feet tall. He's a big guy. Wow. So I would say, no, maybe, maybe not. Maybe six, He's five, six, something, maybe six, six, something. Okay. So, you know, so he might need a couple more pack outs. And then we got another guy that works for us, Justin. He's maybe four feet tall. Right. So he needs a couple, <laughs> he needs a, just a few pack outs. Right. So it's good. So they got to set up two different tables. Or exactly. Just no, but the, then, but the, and then use a centipede. So that usually like the clipping, I use that for more, you know, we're at a small job. We're using the saw for a day. We're not going to set up the whole thing. So, was that designed by purpose going all the tools battery and that's it? You guys didn't want to deal with cords anymore? So when, when Rocco first came in, I, w I was kind of like, I had a little bit of everything. I had some plugins, I had some batteries, and then it was, I, I feel like you're more efficient. You know, you don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about finding power. You don't have to worry about running that cord. I don't know. I'm okay, I will say this though. DeWalt's, cut, you can cut anywhere. DeWalt's battery charger, like their series of battery chargers. So I think you put, uh, four batteries on it, I think, or is, is that the max? Uh, yeah, they have a. Is it a four? I think it's four or six. Could be four or six. I, I could, what a, it's loud. Yeah. Like when the job site's quiet, you can hear it. You can hear it going. You could hear it humming. It's almost a generator, right? Oh yeah. 
And I, I know that Milwaukee's got a six setup. The six setup. But and, Bosch and, and has and got a six. And it, and it clicks into the pack out as well. And it's quiet. You can hear it a bit. You but can hear it a tiny, it tiny bit. It depends which battery you're charging. If you're if you're charging the higher batteries, I feel like it's a little bit louder. It ramps up, but the Waltz is still loud as yeah, hell. Yeah, it's pretty man. loud. I, I'm surprised at how loud. It reminds me back in the early days when I had all rigid tools, and yeah. it was almost like the vacuum is on when you're charging batteries. You like the Makita one where it gives you a little song when it's charged? No, I didn't even know they do that. What do so they the take Makita that from Samsung and laundry? What's so the, going the on? The Makita <laughs> charger. So my uh, my buddy Andrew, he's a big Makita guy. Uh, Continental Granite. He uh, he's got everything uh, he's got everything cordless. So I remember one time I was uh, we, were, we were at a job. He had his phone charged. I think we were doing like a laundry room, and I heard like da 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 right. I'm like, well, like is the dryer done? You know what I mean? Like what's going on here, right? And he's like, no, it's my charger. It says it's it, says it has so a little tune. As Makita, as plays a, Makita plays a little song once it's. Is it different in different parts of the world? I don't know. So if you're playing, I don't hey? know, a Japanese song back home. And That's it. I don't know, European it's song. A, it's, a, it's like a little, like, uh, it's like the dryer, you know? You know when the dryer's done? Someone sent me, I, I, I totally forgot about, because I get so many messages, they sent me a Makita microwave. It just came out. Yeah, and I yeah. looked at it, I was going, not a bad idea. Not but bad. it looks ugly as hell, man. I'm just, yeah. I'd rather just, i go to Best Buy, whatever, buy a regular, ma- it's part of my little cubby who, thing, who, man. Who needs the microwave? You know, you got your truck, you put it, you put your food on the, on the dashboard. Crank the heat, warm it up. <laughs> I'm old school. When I was doing resi, when I when I did some some resi with uh with a buddy of mine, he was uh he owned a electrical company. We used to do custom houses, and he was a hunter. I used to love working with him in like October, November, because what they would do is they'd go they'd go hunting for deer, yeah, and then he'd have fresh deer sausages, and he, you know the, um, you know the heater in the basement, yeah, we'd fry up some sausages on there, get some foil paper. <laughs> Probably have some sausages. It was awesome. It worked, man. It worked, right? Plus, you had that smell going through the yeah, house, who needs, man. Who needs the microwave? Which is nice. Yeah. But, I mean, like, Makita does that. The coffee maker, the microwave. They had a cooler that's also an oven. They're constantly doing these things. But the yeah. thing is, that whole lineup of appliances, tool appliances, they look like shit. I'm yeah. sorry. They, yeah, they, no. They look like they're almost a step up from an easy bake oven back in the day. Yeah, 100%. Right? I agree. <laughs> and I'm like, whoever's designing these things should be designing them a little sleeker. I mean, yeah. I, I'd, I'd like to see something that's more similar to, wouldn't it be cool if it was like black and stainless steel and then add a little bit of teal? Like you almost yeah. like, design it more like a car. I know. You know what I mean? I think I would be more appealed to actually buy one and use it, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this, like, I, I think I, it just came out, right? The microwave? I think someone just sent it to yeah, me. Someone, like, cause I, I can't remember, keep up with that. Because I think Atlas just, I think it came out recently, like this week. Is that, we were at Atlas. How tour. much is it? Uh, I think it's like four or 500 bucks. Man, you can get a regular microwave. On Facebook Marketplace for $25 and just plug it in and see you later. Have you ever been on a job site you had no power whatsoever? Uh, a couple jobs. So me being an electrician. Do you have a generator? Uh, I have a gas one. I haven't, I haven't invested. I'm not a big fan of the MX tools. Okay, no. The MX is the the, the higher the higher, vo- the higher Milwaukee stuff. So now they have like, they have a battery generator. They have Tower lights. It's almost like an oxymoron. Like how how much power is that? Cordless that? cordless chipping guns, jackhammers. Yeah, see, I don't. You won't sell me on that. The problem is with that is I heard there's a lot of problems with the MX stuff. Why the batter? The, the batteries are like pretty big. Oh, these are the ones that look like car batteries. And they're nine hundred dollars. That's insane. And then my thought process is, what happens when the life of that battery is done? Yeah. So my plug-in tools, I still have the Hilti. 
I still have the Bosch jackhammer. The Bosch jackhammer is like the brute. The best. I know. Number one. Plugged in. Plugged in. There isn't a surface that you can't destroy with that thing. 100%. You right. can chip and it's easy on your body too because yep. of the whole shock absorption thing, chip right? Chip the concrete and then, sorry, chip the tiles out and then chip the concrete for the plumber. It gets the whole, jo- the whole job done. It does. Then you got to core a hole. It's done. The only thing is the power, right? But I have a gas generator. I have a gas generator. It's got it's 9,000 watts on it and you can run a few, more than a few on it. And I've had it for six years. Yeah, and perfect. Every year, once or twice, I'll just crank it over and just annoy my neighbor who drives a Tesla. And that's it, man. I'll See just leave later. it running for a little bit so I can just clean it all up, get the cobwebs off of it and yep. then just get a dirty look from him because that's he's it. driving a Tesla. And I'm no, like, I, okay, cool. I get it. Honestly, I like, I like the gas generator. I like the gas tools too. Like, like the quick cut. I know Milwaukee has the the cordless quick cut, but those are good. I, I've heard guys who do hardscaping for like a really quick, literally a quick cut that they need to do, where they don't want to go and get the gas, and if they ran out of gas and they don't need to prime and all this other crap, yeah, they just pop the battery in there, cut to make the one cut. I don't like it. it. I like the uh, like I like the steel. Why I like, don't okay? But I like, I like giving it the one, two, three. You know. Yes. Like, so you you're know? riding a motorcycle, That's so it. you're on the throttle, right? And you don't get that with the battery tool. You know, you don't right? get that. You know, like, and you're holding the saw and it's kind of pulling it pulling you it gives you like that it gives you that you're like that more rush. in tune with the tool if it is a gas tool versus a battery tool 100 yeah gas gas is number one like they're coming up with like toro's coming out with these like like a gas snowblower what are we doing here like really maybe maybe i like the i like the milwaukee uh lawnmower i want to get that from my house the, how much you could get it on a in the spring, get on sale for like about nine hundred. Not bad. You lost me, man. It's too close to four digits. But you're buying. I know, but you're buying. If you buy a brand new, can you use your batteries from your tools? Yeah, you can okay. use the. You can use the. It's M eighteen. Okay. Just gotta put two in there. Pretty good. Like the, the way they designed it was pretty cool. Like they got the light, so you know if you're that get home at nine o'clock and night, you want to give it a quick. There's a light on it. There's headlights on it. Like really bright. The problem with that tool is that if you cut in the front lawn, leave the tool for a little bit, just to go inside for a bit, and someone's driving by, it's gone. It's gone. Gone. Just for the batteries, it's gone. For sure. I have the so I have the trimmer. The trimmer's good, and I, I trimmer still, makes sense. And then I still got the gas. I still got the Toro gas uh, lawnmower, but I got a Toro with a Kohler engine on it. The best. Mine's a Toro with the, the it's, Honda. It's green. It's got scrapes and scratches, whatever, but it's... Always starts. It's always starts. Right now, it's in your shed. It still has gas in it. In the spring, you're going to pull it. It's going to start. You buy good quality, last. That's it. I don't even remember what I paid for that. It could have been maybe 400 I paid for that. Brand new. Brand new, right? I've had it for a decade. Yeah, it works. So, I mean, like, to swallow 900 bucks, I have a problem. Like, that, like I don't know if it's... I don't understand switching everything to battery. I get it. Right? I get like how many from. batteries do you, Okay, so you he Rocco's got how many batteries and you got how many batteries? I maybe have 10 batteries. That's it? Yeah, maybe 10, 11 batteries, but I keep them So what happens is I keep my cuz now I got the rapid charger. Okay. So you don't need I don't even bring all my batteries to the job. I bring maybe I keep my I keep my pack out charger stacked with 6. When one goes, you charge it in 20 minutes, it's full. That's pretty fast. It's not that bad. Yeah. I do like that, but I'm also sensing, I mean, batteries start to die. 
like they start to slow. They start, they start to slow down, and, and then you gotta get new batteries. Yeah, exactly, right. So that's the thing about it. So now you've got all the trades on the site. You got yourself. You got Rocco, and everybody's coming in with their own batteries. And now they got it. First thing they want to do is plug in their chargers, and all of a sudden you got a whole charging corner of the job site. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. everybody, because everybody's got their own different color. Yeah, of right. Course. I just I I wish it is it stupid to ask the companies to actually just have the same kind of battery and application like to install for every tool. Make it all just one generic. So then everybody's battery, is that just too dangerous because people would just be stealing batteries from everybody? I get it. I think, so I heard that there's a couple people on Instagram. There's a, there's a couple hacks where you can actually put the DeWalt battery with the, with the Milwaukee battery. I've seen those things. Little MacGyver modified. The Dyson. Everybody has the... Uh, the Dyson one I've heard of. I've seen it. You can buy that adapter. You crap. can buy the adapter, I think, on Amazon now, right? Yeah. So it's... I get it, but I think, I think it's also a money thing, right? Like, like... The DeWalt battery works good with the DeWalt tools. The Milwaukee works good with the Milwaukee tools. You know, like they, they, they make their tools for that, like to power. Like they make that battery to power their tools. Is there, Joe? Is there a tool that you got, regardless that you knew that it was shit, but you still got it because it's red? And same with Rocco. Yeah, the. Uh, I think the framing nailer. The framing nailer is the only one that you I, got. I was told. But you even before you got it, you knew that it wasn't good. Yeah, I used it. I used I used a buddy of mine's, and uh, it was heavy. So I remember it was heavy. And then one day I we were starting a bit. We, we got a big job, and we needed two nail. We needed two framing nail. I didn't have it. I had the pneumatic. Uh, still have it. The pneuma- the the metabol. Yeah. It was nice. A good one. That's a good gun. With man. the coil. That's the coil a, nail. That's a good gun. The only thing with that is, like, it hurts your it hurts your arms, man. Like when you when you nail why? Because it's got power. It's got power. Like, it pops <laughs> you back, right? But and it's heavy. The Milwaukee one you put on your pouch and you don't. Well, the Dewalt one you put on your pouch. The Milwaukee one you you kind of feel it. You feel it a little bit. But I I going into that I knew it wasn't the best tool. I just needed it. I just I just wanted a, I just wanted it. I got it. What's Rocco's tool that he bought that he knew that was shit, but he still bought it because it was yellow. Well, his he's very like. Uh, DeWalt doesn't make shit tools. Oh, DeWalt makes shit tools. They make some shit tools. Uh, I'm sorry. Their oscillating tool is they're a shit tool. They're oscillating tool shit. I, the, I don't like their grinder. It's too big. Their grinders are shit. The grinders aren't aren't the aren't the greatest. Nope. Um, I think it's like greatest, okay, and shit. Yeah. Like the, those are the options here, exactly. right? So it's just like when it comes to certain tools, yeah, I, I agree. Oscillating and grinders of DeWalt, they're shit. Yeah. That's it. Like you want to go for a good grinder? Makita all day long. Like right? there's nobody that can argue that, right? That's the thing. Well, yeah. the Dewalt and Milwaukee the guys. guys yeah. will but see, argue. me, I'm a Milwaukee guy, and I'm gonna tell you right now. Like, if I need a grinder, I have a Makita, Makita grinder. You buy, the, you gotta get the the full size one, and then you gotta get the variable speed one. Those are the two, and then you could you can build the world. That's it. Done. <laughs> Simple. Even Chris, like you asked Doctor Granite for sure. <laughs> oh, it's a no brainer, man. Makita all day. That's all it is, right? That's where you learn from, too, you, right? You you talk to any tile stone person, Makita. But okay. I know that there's certain people out there. I think like Dan from Covenant. I mean, he's got a Dewalt, and he and, and he's also recently just pr- picked up a variable Dewalt. And I'm like, it's great. Okay, yeah. fine. If it works for you, I it guess it's it. up to uh, it's personal preference with this. I know everybody, but it's a good. You know, it's a uh, it's it's something on a job site where it keeps everybody going. You know, it, what's a job site without chirping? Exactly. You know, you gotta you gotta have fun when you're working because, like, I spend more time with with my guys than my wife. You know, it's that's true. Like we, I'm there, like we wake up every morning, I see them, we leave at night. So it's, so like I spend 
eight hours. You see eight, your family for an hour in the morning and maybe three hours in the evening. Yeah, the morning, the morning where like you know I'm up at uh, I'm out of the house at six thirty, right? So, yeah. So maybe in the morning. Maybe in the morning, it's like good morning. I want to shift gears a tiny bit. Is there a construction bone that you got to pick? As a contractor, not so much because we've discussed a lot about the we, about the, about all that stuff. So, my 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 bone to pick right now with construction these days is the and and you've probably heard this. This is, I'm, it's probably a broken record now. The workers, right? It's hard to find. Like so, there's a lot of good. I'm not gonna say everybody. Like you know, you hear those. You hear these people say everybody's shit. No good workers out there. Which is which is which that's is not false. the truth. It's not the truth. That's not the case. What happens is you have to go through fifteen guys to find three good workers. Like all my guys right now, studs, best workers, hands down. Wouldn't trade them. Wouldn't trade. Are them. they greedy for money? Because my problem with the workers is they're greedy for money. They're greedy for short term money. They look at it like I need to make the max in this week that I'm working for you. A lot of people are like that, but then so the way I work with my guys is I'm I'm an honest guy. You know, I build the company, the company grows, you guys grow. You grow. I, you know, like simple, you ask, you ask me for a raise and you can validate that raise, give it to you. Yeah. You know, like if you're making me like, I'm the type of guy that like, I'm not in it for, to make a hundred grand and then like leave. Yeah. You know, like I want to, and, and again, I don't want you to work with me for a year. I teach you everything and then leave. Like I want to keep you like that guy making $20 an hour, my labor, I want him to make 40. Do you think that's the number one problem with business owners? Because I see that a lot when they're trying to hire people. Their their problem that they brought up so many times is that I'm going to spend time and effort and money training, teaching all my skills that I've learned over the decades. And then this person may potentially just leave. Of course. It's, it happens, right? But like, they bring that up all the time. And I'm like, I've always had the mindset where I don't give a shit about that. I shared whatever I want. And if you want to leave by burning the bridge or you want to leave by not burning the bridge, that's course. up to you. Exactly. Because it will allow you to either contact me again because I guarantee you, you'll have to have another conversation with somebody that has gone through something you haven't gone through. And there's nobody. There's still shit that I haven't gone through. Of course. So if you're much younger and just getting started... There's going to be a lots of stuff that you haven't gone through. So the last thing you want to do is burn when you might as well leave on a good term. And then you can always reach back out. Yeah. Like I, like a lot of, a lot of guys that work with me, you know, they, they stay, they work with you for a year, two years. And then all of a sudden, boom, like open up and open up a company. Why do you feel that you, your guys now are studs? Is it the mindset that you implemented in your business that that's that when you met them you told this is what they was this well, is you know JD. What? I've so I, like I've always had good workers like Sal, Joe, like like the guys that the guys that started the company with me, Sal, Joe, Gerard, like those guys there like Jay, they were good workers, you know, like they stuck with me, like you know, I still talk to them, we're still friends. We, we like they, they were good workers. They had the they had that mind like you know like team. If Joe if Joe gets a job done, He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna give us more money. He's gonna take us for wings. We're gonna, uh, like, we, we used to have them. We used to have epic Christmas parties. We still do, right? <laughs> and we, it's a whole thing. It's a family, right? You yeah. want to have, you want to have good, you want to have good guys. Treat them good so they stay. And when they leave, you want to leave. You want to make them leave on a good term. Yeah, because you want to be proud of the fact that they want to go on their own now. They want to build their own thing, and exactly. They, and they're gonna reach out back to of you. Course. And then they're going to ask you for help or, or, and the thing is in the future, realistically, I've heard this over and over. 
you'll throw work at each other. Of course, yeah. You help each other out. Yeah. You know, like, Joe, I can't do this. Can you help me do this? And we kind of, like, you know, go back and forth. That, like, that's the best. That's It's a good, too. Like, you know, even me as a contractor, sometimes you need that that guy that goes on his own, can take care of your little small jobs. Yeah. Because I get a lot of small jobs. I do a lot of service with, like, property management companies. You take that on? That's 90% of my business. Really? Yeah. I work with property managers, uh, condos, and I'll go, like, I'll take on, like, like they'll call me and say, Joe, uh, this this condo needs uh, needs a drywall repair. Send someone to do it. Here's the PO. It's a $500 job. It's a small job. I, I make hardly anything on it, but I take that because I know, I keep, first of all, I keep my guys busy. I'm, I'm a really, I don't make any of my guys stay home. It's networking. It's networking, right? I go, I fix that drywall, and then when they have that lobby renovation, I'm invited to 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 tender to quote it. Yeah. So smart. That's, that's how I think of it, right? And then you got to go through your like back to the guys, right? You have to go through like ten guys to find a good guy. But what are the other nine guys like? What are they doing wrong? What are they asking wrong? What are they? A lot of it's listening. So like again, like you know me. If me or Rocco, or let's say, like, you know, you have to, if we're telling you to do something this way, this is how we do it. You know, it doesn't matter about the last company you worked with. You're not working there anymore. You got to do it this way. A lot of people are like, you know, I want to do it this way. And then when they fail, they blame other people. That's, yeah, just so that's, the, that's the one thing. And then the second thing is what you said, the greed, the money. Because, like, you can go be, you can go work at a, high rise right now and push a broom and make 35 bucks an hour. So they go to you and say, see, that's not even a joke. It's not a joke. And you go tomorrow, go tomorrow and say, it's not even a joke. I want to get, I want a labor job. If they sign you up $35 an hour, you're a zombie at that point. Then, then that guy, he wants, he thinks he's a, that guy pushing the broom and picking up the garbage thinks he's a contractor. So when he comes to you and says, he goes, yeah, I could frame, I could do, I could do trim, but I need $35 an hour. That's what I'm. That's what I was making at my last job. But but you can't swing a hammer because none of them want to do any lateral moves. They only want to do vertical moves. They all, they all want to go up. But they also haven't paid their vertical dues. Hundred percent. Like there's a lot of stuff that and and you know this and anybody that has their own business, you can speak to somebody in two seconds and you'll know if they're full of shit or if they 100%. know their stuff, right? Some guys. Some guys really. They're performers. Some guys can really put on a good show for the yeah. first two weeks, you yeah. know, yeah. get you going. And then but it eventually comes out. It comes out. Right. You know, that's that's the thing is it's you know, it's it's crazy because then because I talked to my grandfather when he first came to, 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 to Toronto, to Canada on a boat. These guys, these guys would just walk down the street, pick up a job, but they would work that job. Like my grandparents worked like proud every day. Yeah. Proud. Like, like saying like if they didn't work or perform, they were fired, and they couldn't like support their family. So that was a big thing for them, right? They wanted good, like good quality workers. And, and even if you weren't a quality worker, like my grandfather said, he came, he didn't know nothing. He was working at a dryer. He was fig- like, I don't know what they were doing, something, something with dryers, and he wanted. He a, someone said, oh, you can make more money bring a bricklayer. And but he, I don't know anything about bricklaying. He went there and started lifting, like, carrying bricks, and then knew, knew what to do. How old was he when he came? 
You remember? Maybe in their 20s. Yeah. Maybe younger. But everybody, he probably also told you that everybody there was just as hungry and trying everybody to Everybody was job. looking for work. There wasn't the other flip where it's like the majority are just pushing a broom for 35. Nobody was pushing a broom. It was, it was like back in the day was you make the mess, you clean it. You know, now it's like you got to have all these trades on site. And then you got to pay someone $35 an hour to clean up after these guys. That's just stupid. Why don't you pay these guys more money and they can get the work done and clean up after themselves? But also, Problem in, all, solved. in all fairness, these guys should just step up, step up and not even have to be asked or told to do this. Just do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, just clean it up and just get it. It's Nothing's better than a feeling of getting on a job site where it's already a clean slate for the next trade. Exactly. Simple as that. Like, like uh, so for my, so we do a lot of, We'll do a lot of small demos in site, like on like with with my guys. But you know, when, when it's a bigger job, we hire a demo company. The demo company gets it done. And you've seen the way they get it done. We see the way they get it done. They know what they have to or how they have to leave that site. Yeah. So I so I use I use Fernando Manpower. Yeah. Uh, awesome guys. Uh, you know, they tell you that they're going to show up. They show up. They get it done. And, and then when, when, when it's done, the framers are happy because they're not stepping over nails. They're not pulling out those, those long five-inch, quarter-inch spikes. spikes. I know. You know? Like, that's all done. It, it's cleared. But it's really ironic how a lot of demo companies are like that. At the very beginning, it's the first thing that happened on a job site when you start a project. They do that. They set the tone. But then all of a sudden, you hire a certain trade comes in, and they don't continue that tone. Yeah. And it's frustrating. And then, and then, and then your your perfectly clean job turns into a mess. It's a reflection of your brand. So with me, I don't like even the way I vet when I vet my plumb like electricians. We do in house, you know. I, I do my own electrical. I don't have to worry about that. It's all clean. Uh, plumbing, HVAC. That's what I make sure I say. Like the way you keep your job, like keep it like that. You know, like especially if if the homeowner is like living in the house, the last thing they want is like, you know, the the plumber to come in and keep their shoes on and walk all over the fresh carpet. I don't get like, it. I really but, don't. But people do it. I know they do it, but I just don't get it. They, they just feel that uh, they are they have the right to walk right in, especially you know, like, in this colder temp, right? Yeah, like I'm a plumber. I can, you know, like you need me. Like that's how they, like that's how a lot of these guys work. I don't need you specifically because. I just need a plumber. Yeah, there's plenty of uh, other ones that will probably do a, whoops, sorry. Uh, they'll probably do a better, if not the same job, right? Yeah, of course. So like, you know, I have a, over over the past seven years, I've I've learned you know I've I've used different plumbers, I've used I've used different HVAC guys, I've used dry drywall guys, and now you I have my my core group of subs. Why were you changing and using others? Why were you you were just looking for more of a network? Yeah, like some well again, it, it comes to a point where like you know when you hire good tradesmen, they're busy. Yes. So you know you might need a plumber, and your plumber's busy, so you hire another plumber, right? But it's all word of mouth. I don't know how these guys, a lot of these contractors go and they go on that, uh, what's that app, Jiffy? Yeah, the whole, I know you're talking about. You go there. And Angie's List or Jiffy or all this other crap. And you crap. go on Jiffy and uh, some random plumber shows up. You don't even know him. You don't know him from a hole in the wall. I know, but they sell their platform on the basis that someone's going to show up. Someone's going to show up. Right. So, I mean, and I'm sure you do this because I've done this since day one. There's little things as a contractor that you're hiring a bunch of subcontractors that we pay attention to. Of course. 
So when you're doing a job, and, and, and this has been expressed a few times, like obviously you want to leave a great impression as a sub-trade to your client, which is the contractor. But then you start dropping the ball on the second job. Then the third job completely goes right back to your bad habits. And now, keep in mind, guys, we're paying attention. Yeah. And what's going to happen is that you start dropping the ball on the second job. I'm already having conversations with another person that's going to replace you on the next job. Yeah, for sure. That's just a fact, right? Because yeah. don't don't impress me, look amazing on the first job, but then go right back to the kind of person that you truly are by the second, third job, because that will get found out, and then I'm not going to hire you again. Yeah, like a lot of, like, like I've hired guys before where they're like, you know, we're top quality, we're going to show up, we're going to get it done. They show up first day, and then the next day it's like, where's everybody? Where's everybody? Oh, we had to go do a service call. The truck broke down. This broke down. Like, it's... So now it's like performers, man. So now I like I have my 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 main guys, and then I have my my subs, my main subs, and I and I don't I don't unless I have to have to I don't go out of that box. If I if I need another guy, I'll call someone like like my buddy Steve. He's got a he's got a re- renovation company. He knows half of Ontario, right? I call him. He'll find me a he'll find me a framer. He'll find me a painter. He'll find me somebody, and and you know his quality of work. So you kind of, you know, trust him. It's it's just sad that I think that the sub trades think that we're so irreplace like we're so replaceable, yeah. That they can get work anywhere, but in the last few months, what's been going on is that a lot of people have been reaching out to a lot of people for work because I know the tide is shifting. Yeah, things are things are gonna things are gonna change, right? Like we everybody last year and the year before, we're always talking about, oh, I'm booked for six months, eight months, I'm booked for the year and all this yeah, other crap, which now. is great. But now the phone calls are coming in and the emails are coming in going, listen, do you have anything going on? Do you have anything going on? Because yeah, I've got sure. nothing it's, going on. It's crazy. Like so the, world, the relationships, the yeah, the way you built your relationships in the past, they're going to be reflective of what you're going to have for the future, man. Yeah, for sure. Like like my plumber, like he knows, he knows that 90% of the jobs are his. But also he takes care of me. Like, you know, like if I got to do something in my house, he's there. If I got to borrow, like if I got to borrow his tool, cause you know, it doesn't make sense for him to come and do a small job. Yeah. Okay. Give us some advice. Show us how to do it. Let's get it done. He's good like that. Right. A lot of these guys, they don't want to tell you their tricks cause they want to come. They want to come and that, that 20 minute job, they want to charge you $700. You know, like everybody's out there to, and, and it sucks is to, to screw other people. To screw other people. But aren't you as a GC going to look at this person who understands what you're trying to do and what you're trying to build? Like, aren't you, they get it. The good ones get it to the point where they'll give you a deal here because they know exactly what they can do and they can offer you. And But they know that in the future, they're going to be the first call. They're going to get it back. 100%. That's just how it works. So that's why my problem is with the money and, and that's the bone and everything is that the guys are looking at, I want to make as much max Money, money, with you. Money is money. Yeah, but they don't understand that, like, relationships what, and network. What's a twenty thousand dollar job in yeah. this world? Twenty thousand dollars, you can't even buy a car anymore. Yeah, it's insane. You can't even twenty thousand dollars. I, I've heard people paying are paying eleven thousand dollars for their mortgage, a month. A month. Because you got to remember, these people that bought these two million dollar houses, oh. right? Yeah, and, and they and, went variable and variable. The banks loved it. Look they were probably it. pushing variable to death. Look at it. Look at it now, right? So they saw eight raises coming up in the next year. They knew year. it. And everybody was on that variable rate. And now, it was now, such a now bad like, I, like we, I, and I didn't believe it. So I went on the, I went on the house Sigma and I did the, yeah. the calculator. 
a $2.5 million mortgage is $11,000. And people were buying, like like last summer, people were buying $2 million oh, houses. Spending, man. How, do you, how do you do it? I want to share a little Green Book talk, man. You want to try this out? Let's do it. Can, uh, employer failing to provide copy of written measures and procedures to a worker. What do you think the fine is? For an employer failing to provide a copy of the written measures and procedures to a worker. I want to say. It's a magic number here at TCL. I want to say five grand. It's 550. That's it? That's it. That's a little one. I'm always shocked how little these are. I'm not asking them to go up, but I mean, it's just how are you going to teach, right? It's crazy. When, when you do, when they teach you, like, so when I wrote my, when I wrote the master's, all the green books are all the green book. Um, Everything's in there. Not everything, but they ask you some questions. But they're like, they're high. Like you know, being as an electrician, the fines are probably a little bit higher, right? Probably because they want the utmost safety. So it's crazy. So when I look at these little ones, I kinda, I get surprised. Like five fifty. <sighs> like actually, these, big, these big companies just sign them all day. It's gonna be interesting. Uh, JD Design and Build, Joseph, jdbuildinggroup.com, jdbuildinggroup at gmail.com, and on Facebook, JD Design and Build, and on Instagram, JD Building Group. Anything else you want to touch upon before we get into the 12 questions? We're almost close to wrapping it up. I think we're good. Anything? Rocco going to be upset? He should have been here. He should have been here. He should have been here. (laughs) Eh? Now, now, now we can, so now we can say that Milwaukee's the best tool because... We don't have the other side. Uh, you can say that. Uh, I guess you're still you're still on the Bosch. I'm a Bosch uh, guy. A Bosch I will guy. always be a Bosch guy. But like I said, I own a Milwaukee tool. I have Makita belt sander. Yeah. I think they're low profile plug belt in. sander. Plug in. Yeah. Uh, I have the Makita grinder variable. I have a Makita planer. Yep. Uh, I have a fine multi-tool, oscillating tool yep. with, with a 15-foot-long cord. I fine? Love it. You call it fine or fiend? Fiend, fine, whatever. Fiend, fine, is, anything. Yeah, is whatever. The Germans, right? That's it. Uh, the only thing I don't like about that tool is the blades are in, uh, like astronomically priced. Yeah, they're priced. And you, you, can't put, you can't put the other blades on there. You can get generic ones, Imperial, whatever it is, Empire. I can't remember what it was exactly, but they're not the same. You just have to get the fiend, now, fine, do you have, whatever. Do you have the fiend with the steel case? I got the whole, yeah, the whole. No, but like it comes with the old school, like not steel. the steel one. Mine's a plastic. The one. Plastic one. Yeah. So, uh, so I remember the, the fiend one that I, my tile setter has. Okay. He has, uh, he's got one, and it, you know, he's he's he's, in, he's a good good tile setter, older guy, comes in with all his tools like in the steel box, you know, no packouts, you know, the steel box with those little clips. Yeah. He comes in with those and plugs it in and just goes to town, right? But. It's a good tool, man. It's a good tool. I paid 500 bucks for that thing. Exactly. And I had a hard time buying that little tool when it costs the same as a brand new table saw at the time. Yeah, for sure. But you needed it, and it does good work. And it does, and it's still working, and I still use it. And even it's, got though the, it's got a lot of, it's got like, like the variable. Oh, speed there's a variable on, on it. Yeah, awesome. And it's quiet yep. compared to other oscillating tools. So, I mean, I've got that. I still have a rigid vacuum with a two-inch holes on it. Love the rigid. Uh, so, I do have the, 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 the Milwaukee... It looks like the Dyson kind of thing. Yeah, for, I know you're talking about. For quick messes, but yeah, yeah. nothing's going to beat the orange wet vacs, you know? I don't even change it sometimes to go from wet or dry. I'll just, I don't give a shit. Just it'll go. Just, it'll just go. It'll suck it all up. It'll change the mud. filter and done. Just done and just move it. It yeah. doesn't do the HEPA bounce or whatever, but I get it. I mean, I still like my Bosch HEPA. You know, it, it works. I think I have maybe 
five or six. The I have every style rigid vacuum. I got the big one, the little circle one, the the oval one. I got them all because they work. They work, and they're Milwaukee's powerful. vacuums. What are they like? I never. I so I have the I have the little one, the cordless, the cordless one. Yeah, and I have that, that one too. Quick mess is good. Quick mess, Done. you know, cut a hole in the drywall, vacuum yes. it up, good. Yes. But when you're doing a demo and you gotta like vacuum in between the studs, you need a vacuum. You need a you need a vacuum that will suck it up. Like the way I the way I go with my vacuums to give it the real test is put put like three or four three inch screws on the floor with mix it up with some drywall, some nuts, some bolts, vacuum it up. If it if it vacuums up, it's a good vacuum. Rigid will always do that. Always. Sometimes you have to vacuum it stuck in there. You just got to lift up the hose and let gravity take it right into exactly. the can. But it will always keep It'll on always side. do it. I don't understand why the all the brands, none of the brands have a two-inch hose. Yeah. They're all inch and a quarter They're hose. All, uh, the, the rigid one has, the, you know, the big one with the... No, no, no. I'm talking about like Bosch or Milwaukee oh, or Oh, they all have the inch and a half. Yeah. Because the problem is, is people want to... It's got to fit in people's car. That's the whole thing now. It's got to fit. Got to be compact. Yeah, but that two-inch hose sucks up everything. Sucks everything up. That's yeah. why even three-inch insulation. Screws. Yes, everything. That's why I still have it. I've had it since day one. You just awesome. replace the filter every so often. Yeah, the best. That's all it is. As simple as that. So it works. It works. Well, it's a shame. Maybe we gotta get Rocco to come back and he can defend himself, man. But that's, that's it. We'll that, do. That's we'll get trip. back on here one day. <laughs> all right, ready for the twelve questions, man? Let's do it. What is your favorite construction word, Joseph? Favorite construction word. Word. be any word any word i don't know like favorite word i want to say level okay what's your what's your least favorite broken what turns you on in construction a clean job site what turns you off in construction showing up to a job and Things are not getting done. Just not moving? Not moving. Production. Production stop. Uh, a delivery supposed to come 7 a.m. Comes at What's two. the number one reason why it's not getting done? Just momentum? You had a day planned and it's not going to You had a day planned. Plan, something happens and they switch gears. And then what you're supposed to get done is not getting done. And then just messes up the day, messes up the week. Just just not 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 fun. What's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? Anything at all? Anything? Anything. I love, I, I, I'm a truck guy. I've never owned, a, I've, actually, I've actually never owned a car. So I'm going to go, uh, I want to do F, uh, sorry, I, I was an F450 dually guy, but now I like, I like the 3500s, AT4s, GMs. That's a I big, like them. I like how they look. That's a big deal to switch, eh? Were I, you always a Ford guy or were you? So right now I'm a Dodge Ram guy. Okay. Um, I was I was a Ford guy. I had I had Ford. I had about three F one fifties. I had the Ford Ranger, so I was a Ford guy. And then uh, during the pandemic, I was I was looking for a new car. I had the F one fifty. I bought a dump trailer. I wanted the twenty five hundred diesel, so I wanted to, I wanted to look at the F two fifty. And the guy at the Ford dealership said, "I and I'm a, I'm a guy that when I buy a car, I want to go on I want to go in the back and open the door like that car. I don't want it shipped from another. I want to." See the car, and that's the car I want to buy. The guy said, you want to do that? $500, non-refundable deposit. Just to look at the vehicle. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to mention the dealership that I went that I went to. This is during the pandemic? Yeah, uh, two years ago. Okay. 
And I, I wanted to just see the car, like, you know, as a... And they wouldn't do that unless you paid. $500, non-refundable. So they didn't get the sale. And I, I said, that's a joke. I left. I went to... Uh, I, had a, I had a friend of mine that worked at Peel Chrysler. Okay. And I made a deal over the phone. I said, send me a picture of your car. Send me how many kilometers. My, eh. Awesome <laughs> trade-in. Had the car on the lot. He said, you want to... And I, I said, I want to look at it, though. Which Dodge did you get? I got the Ram 2500 Cummins. Okay. Love it. So I just want to do a shout out to Andrew there and my deepest condolences to his Ford Lightning. Oh yeah. He's still without that truck for seven weeks now. He's uh he's upset with that, eh? When he got it, he put that order in. He That's, waited um, a year. What's a, what's his company there? Uh Lusso Designs. Lusso Designs, yeah. And uh and then he put his deposit down, got the truck a year later, and then all of a sudden he started talking about it. And I said, Great, let me know how look at the weather we're having today. It was minus eighteen this morning. And even if he was still using it, I don't even, I think he'd have problems. I think that first of all, he would lose his charge range from yep. the temperature. And it's a fact that they're losing char half their charge range uh, based on if you're hauling well, trailer. That's, that's what happened. So like, it's the first one. You never buy the first one, right? He's Someone, still waiting. He's still waiting for a part from the U.S. to come to Canada. Yeah, it's great. So I, so I seen a guy at the, funny thing, at the gas station, he had the lightning. I said, you like the truck? He said, it's a stupid fast car. Stupid fast. It only gets 250 kilometers to so a So that's charge. the first thing he says about a vehicle that's not designed for speed. He said super fast. But but he only gets 250K to a tank. Per charge. Per charge. What do you... what do you As a contractor, 250K... You're driving 250K. Drive to the job. Drive to Home Depot. Drive to the supplier. Drive back to the job. It doesn't make sense for construction. It doesn't I'm make sorry. sense. I'm sorry. It doesn't make sense, man. So I'm a big diesel guy. Um, you know, I, I don't like the, the whole rule with the deaf, you know, if you, oh, have a, I can't stand if you're a deaf. diesel guy, like I want to push the gas and I want to, I want black smoke to come out. You know, I want to, I want to roll coal. The sprinter this morning was rolling uh, a little harsh. It was Your diesel. It's diesel. And it was crying because the dash said minus 21 on it. Oh yeah. And then I went to go start it and it was, um, there was a shed of tear. There was a few tears. I didn't but need wiper fluid for that thing that oh, yeah? this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but you let it warm up and then it does its thing. It does it automatically now because it's a push start, right? Yeah. So it does it, it, it does the glow, whatever, uh, automatically. And you then plug it, it in at night. No, you just let it go. That's why I was crying. Right. Yeah. But it's just, um, I, I know for a fact that any electric vehicle truck in this temperature that we're having right now no is way. going to have problems. 100%. Even these Teslas. Like, how do you how do you just push a button and go, right? I don't know. What's your least favorite vehicle in the entire world? I, I'm going to say a Honda Civic. What are you going to do with it? Uh, back in the day, they were kind of cool. Back in the day, they were cool. Uh, what construction sound or noise do you love? Um, a nice, my, my favorite sound is when, when you have a full charge on an impact and you just put a, put a screw into a piece of, into an LVL, put a GRK into an LVL and you hear that. Awesome. And then the worst is when the battery's right down to the bottom and you're trying to get that. And you're giving it a couple extras and then you got, then you got to go down the ladder, grab it. But when you got a full charge, it's like, you'll make it. Give me this last one. Uh, what construction sound or noise do you hate? I think, honestly, the glass breaking. Yeah, fuck. That's just nothing good. Nothing good. Like, There's like, nothing good that's associated with that sound. Yeah, unless you're doing a demo, but like, like when you're even still. Like I've been, like I've been on jobs here. Like you know, you're installing something. Like even like, uh, 
anything break. I would say anything breaking. Like so, uh, Andrew Continental Granite. Uh, I help him a lot. He's a, he's a good friend of mine. But he was my best man. Did he have some stories? I guess. Eh? And we've we've had we've had some stories before where we've me we've we've had a big island, you know, putting it down, and then you hear like the, and you're like looking for the fisher, right? And then and then there's four guys there, right? I've I've been there with Chris too, like, so me, Chris, Andrew, and and Larry are there, and we all look up, and we're like, we all went at the same time, you know, like. <laughs> Who's to blame? What happened? Who's to blame, right? It's just stone like that. It's just funny, man. It just yeah, it's anything, anything breaking. Yeah, don't like it. It's you know it's gonna cost money, and then you got to clean it up. So nothing good. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Honestly, with my with my with my experience, I, I would love to get into sales. Even right. though I do sales now, I would love to get into like maybe real estate or even like uh, like tech sales. I think that's the that's the the growing market, right? Nice. What profession would you not like to do? Janitor. I don't like cleaning. I don't like cleaning. And you clean up after every trade. I clean up after everybody, but like doing it every day, cleaning toilets, you know that kind of cleaning. Not not for me. Last question: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Uh, welcome, welcome to heaven. You did a good job. I'm proud of you. Joseph, man, great to see you again. Thanks so much. I know you gave me some swag. I'll throw it on on another show. Yeah, no problem. I really appreciate us talking about your business and where you're headed. And uh, I wasn't griping on the unions and shit like that. I'm just saying that uh, I wish they would revert right back to the purpose that they were designed for. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's just, it's sad because I was like, you know, I had a good job there. Like, like people ask me, like, why? But you, you left because. Like, why'd you leave the union? I know. It's like, because they were. It's not good. You know? You're not it's, the only one. There's not a, thousands of people that leave. And I know that there's a lot of union scouting. There's guys that are specifically just designed to go to non-union job sites. And, and, and scout. And convince them. And that, sign cards. Yeah. That's all Their it is. world is better than the world that you're currently in, which they're lying. They're lying. You know, like, yeah, okay, you might get more money, but what's more, like, what's more important to you? Do you want a, a secure job for life? Or do you want, so like, like, here's the thing with the union. This is what. $40, like, this is just numbers. $40 non-union, $50 union. Where do you make more money? $40. $40. Because you're, you're going to work for 30 years. In the union, you're going to work till the contract's done. Then you're going to get laid off. And you're going to go on a list, the back of the list, and everybody in front of you is going to get hired before you. So what are you going to do in seven months when you don't have no work? Collect and the some, amount of money that you're going to put into it. Collect like, some pogi. What you're being, yeah. And then, and then at, the, at the end of the year... You're going to give it right back to Trudeau. Hold other podcasts. Joseph, <laughs> JD Design and Build, jdbuildinggroup.com, jdbuildinggroup at gmail.com, JD Design and Build on Facebook, JD Building Group. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Good to have you, we'll man. We'll do it again. We'll do it again for sure. Angelina, we're out of here.